0: Our King is here this morning, the Lord of glory, and Lord, we just acknowledge You this morning, and we just pray that You would lead by Your Spirit as Your Word is open, because it is the a living and abiding Word of God, and we just pray that You would minister to us, and uh, that you, you would speak to us through Your Word this morning, in Jesus' name. He is the King of kings, and He's the Lord of lords, and uh, who's the King or a Lord here this morning? Put your hand up. The ladies can put your hands up. Kings and lords, yeah. We rule and reign with Christ in Northland. There's not very many. Only one or two put their hands. A bit unsure, aren't we, of uh, our position in Christ? Goodness me. Praise His name. Glory. So the theme this month is, um, why worship? And I just trust that over the next uh, four weeks, that question will be answered. Why worship? Okay. Before we start this morning, I just want to... uh, uh, just have a little confession. I notice there's no confession box down the back, or unless I've just missed it. But at any rate, <laughs> Sinbin, well, I don't know. If, I think everyone's picking on me this morning. I'm not usually a person that goes and takes things that are not mine. But unfortunately, recently, I took something that wasn't mine. It was over in the UK. So I do need to make you guys aware of this this morning. Although when I took it, I actually felt afterwards that I shouldn't have done it. And uh, we had arrived in uh, in, in London, and uh, we, we got a, a van ride round to pick up our car. And um, in England, Heathrow, and uh, we'd signed all the papers, and, and it was a lot cheaper than the other times we've been over. It was about half price or less, so I was really pleased about that. We we swapped the places where we we're getting a rental. So we went and did the papers, and they sent. It was a big place; like they got thousands of cars. We went down. They pointed us out to the row where our car was. They had a bit of paper. It had the number eight on the top of it. I never realized um, that you got a, It also had a number plate, apparently. But anyway, I went out the row and walked down. I saw a number eight up there. Looked at the paper. There was a number eight on the paper, so I thought that must be our car. That's good. Look at this beautiful executive-looking thing, big flash thing. We put all our luggage in the boot. <laughs> I thought, mate, this is a good deal, Ruth, you've done really well here. We drove out to the gate and there was a little office there where we had to show them the papers, you know, when you take your car out. They're big bollards up in front of you in case you wanted to drive off without giving them, you couldn't get out really, we were locked in. But at any rate, he says, yes, the paperwork's all in order, but there's only one problem, this car is not your car. <laughs> and we had to divert and go all the way back and put the car back and we got a much smaller car. And then we drove out with that one. It was only done 100K, so that was all right. It was pretty new, but it was a lot smaller. So there we were. We almost got caught out. I'm glad they had the big bollards there because I wouldn't want to look in my rear visual mirror and see the lights coming behind me. There you go. We don't normally take things that aren't ours, sorry. That's just by the by. This morning, I want to speak about the power of worship. Worship is powerful. When we come into His presence... There's power in the presence of our God. The last month we've had and Lit as our theme. And it's been great just to uh, see everyone just share on that. It's been some great messages come out. But I want to tell you this morning that our God is the center and source of all life, all love, all light. It emanates from His being. He is the center and source of all blessing and all favor. It's found in His presence. There is power in the presence of our God. The more that mankind moves away from God, the more dark they become, the more self-centered they become, the less loving, the less tolerant they become. They value life less. Yeah, Yeah. they certainly do, don't they? But we're here to enjoy the presence of God. How it changes everything. When we come into His presence, what power there is in His presence. And I want to just... You to look up uh, the verses here in John, John four and verse uh, twenty three and verse twenty four. Jesus was out with a Samaritan woman, a woman that had, had many husbands, a messed up life, and she met with Jesus. She was in a place where there was a well, and it's good to have a well and draw water out of the well of salvation. She was there in a place where there was where it was hot and where it was dry, and I don't know where you find yourself this morning, whether you're in that place. But this woman met with the Lord Jesus. It says there that he must needs go through Samaria. He saw the need and he wanted to meet it. And God wants to meet your need this morning, wherever you are. And it says here in John 4, verse 23 and verse 24, Jesus speaks to this woman. Not only does he bless her in life, but she takes her all the way through to talk to her about worship. And he says to her, the hour is coming and now is. Now is here. Say, it's here. Come on, you better believe it. It's here. This is the hour. When true worshipers, say true worshipers. Are you a true worshiper? I saw a true worshiper here this morning. Are you a true worshiper this morning? Come on. Rattle the cage a little bit. That's good. Where are we? When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is a spirit. And they, uh, the, who, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit It's not up here, in spirit, innermost being out of your innermost being, the Holy Spirit dwelling right in the center of the core, the very center of our being, the spirit, our spirit, the spirit of man. God is a spirit, and those that worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. You see, God is insecure. It's not that He needs worship. Uh, he needs us to make Him feel better about Himself. No, no, he, he, he doesn't need the worship. We need to worship Him. We need to enthrone Him. He is enthroned in the praises of His people. He inhabits the praises of His people. He is seeking worshippers so that he can have an opportunity to bless you, to bless somebody. And that somebody is you. He wants to bless you this morning. And that's why you're worshipping hard out this morning, dancing around before the Lord, going crazy. Because you want the blessing, yeah? yeah, yeah. Well, that's me Anyway. Thank you, Jesus. He has blessed me. Boy, you better believe it. He has blessed me. This morning I was down here early, probably half an hour before Reuben and Harmony was arrived, and I was walking round around the center, and I was looking back over twelve years and just counting all the times that God had just come into my situation and circumstance even further back in my life and just seen how much he blessed me. And I was praising him and I was worshiping him. And I felt uplifted in my spirit. You better believe me. Glory. Sorry, am I yelling? Oh good. have some fun in Jesus name come on rejoice in the Lord always come on I I think the word says that there was a book that said that once it's not the Reader's Digest Okay, when we worship we change our circumstances we do no matter what how dark the position is how great the need is when you worship and you enthrone the one who is the source of all Man, your circumstances change. The power of worship. I want to tell you this morning that you will experience the power of worship when you have lips that worship the Lord. When you have lips that worship God. Are you praising Him? Are you worshiping Him? Are you making much of the King? You read Psalm 45 and the psalmist is speaking of the things that He has made touching the king. When did you last, when was the last time that you made something of him? I know you might have made a lot about yourself, but are you like the psalmist and you're making something of the king? Are you making praises to him? Is there just a joy welling up in your heart and in your spirit to the Lord? Hallelujah. Have lips of worship. See, worship is about his, his worth. It's his worth a ship. It's not about us and our need. Sometimes we have our eyes on the need, and then along comes the greed. Does that rhyme? I think it does. That's good. Is that a good word? Come on. Along comes the greed, and then we get our eyes off the Lord. He wants us to, let's have him before our gaze. The Holy Spirit directs our attention. The Word of God directs our attention to the Lord. I believe that God deserves far more worship from us than what he gets. God is not small. He is Lord of all. He is so great and powerful and mighty. We just look at creation and everything we enjoy. He's magnified in creation. All of creation worships him. The sun comes up and rolls the darkness back. Glory, glory, glory. When you go out in the morning and you see the sun coming up, glory is brought to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The question is, do we worship Him enough? Do we worship, do we make enough of Him? And the question is, does, another question, sorry, it's another question. Does worship consume me? Am I consumed with, 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 with just the joy of the Lord and His person and we just worship all out and it's all about Him? That's what I love about Excite, coming back here. We exalt and magnify, we seek to exalt and magnify our King, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We don't have all our uh, attention on the need. There is need, and he will meet that need as we come into his presence. But I just love the team this morning and how they're all out, and they're real, and they're worshiping and praising the Lord in freedom. They're praising and worshiping him in spirit and in truth this morning. Glory to God, and the Lord values that. The Father appreciates that. Hallelujah. Jesus is the one who is the king of praise. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the one that leads our praises. He comes among us to lead us to the Father in praise. And if we're just sitting there and not responding to our Lord, maybe he gets grieved a bit, but there is a response here. Praise God. We are a responsive people. Lips that worship. We see the psalmist had lips that worship in Psalm 57, verse 7. He says, My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Oh, our confidence is in the Lord. I'm feeling confident in Him this morning. He has never let me down this morning. Oh, I can see what the psalmist was talking about. We can't worship in part, you know, we can't just give some half hearted attempt. See, we know what it means to be filled with anger, don't we, sometimes? I remember back to a time in my life when I was a young boy and I had given a kite. You know, there's two-string kites that are good for steering. And my younger brother was there, and it was my kite. I must have got it for my birthday or something. And he was, he was trying to help move it up, but then he was pulling it everywhere. And I got filled with rage. He was ruining my kite. And I was so filled with rage that I dropped both the ends of the strings, and I started running for him because he was down where the kite was. And I wanted to catch my brother, but he was a fast runner. And this was way down the paddock. This was a couple of paddocks away from home. It was like 400 metres away from the house, just about half a kilometre. And I'm after him, and he's across the paddock, and he's over the drain, and I'm right behind, within an inch. I couldn't quite get him. He runs all the way home and he runs back to our father because he knew there was safety with the father. But we know what it is to be all in, eh? In the natural. Come on, if we're cheering for a game of rugby or something like that, We can't just worship and part this morning. Come on. Come on. I just can't do that to my Lord. He's worthy of more than that. Come on. Come on. I just feel like we just need to get the team up and have another worship session. Not yet. Not yet. Just wait a minute. Come on. You can't do that. I'm only just, absolutely, we're going to have plenty more. I'm not teasing you. See, a Christian filled with the Spirit worships with a whole heart. We see lips like i uh, worship with the psalmist in Psalm 80, uh, 86 in verse 12. He says, I will praise you. This is David again, of course. Of course, David. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. Say, all oh, my heart. Come on. That's good. All oh, my heart. We're all in. All oh, my heart. And I will glorify your name forevermore. Wow. Are we magnifying him with our worship, or are we... Or are we diminishing it, you know, all in, we're all in, okay, we will have lips, oh sorry, we will have uh, lips that worship when our focus is right, when our focus is right, focus is very important, what we focus on, you know, when we're driving the car at night time down the road and the, and, 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 and do you know, cars are traveling 100 kilometers an hour each way, and there's not much gap between them, you know, at night, between life and death, you've got to actually keep focused because sometimes you get blinded by the, the lights that come your way, especially if they don't put them on dip. I do that sometimes to people, and then they start getting a bit narky and flick their lights up. Of course, you guys would never do that, would you? You always remember to dip your lights, praise God. But we've got to keep focused. Otherwise, you could go right off course. Glory to God. We're a focused people. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Turn your eyes on Him. It's like driving at nighttime. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, a professional diamond cutter when he's, he's got a multi-million dollar uh, diamond that he's cutting out. He has to be very focused because one wrong cut, one wrong move, and he could ruin millions of dollars of this amazing diamond that he's forming. He's got to be focused. Let's keep focused on the Lord. It's like falling in love. Mate, when I fell in love with Ruth, it was all in. I don't know. I just seem to be all in when I do things, you know. And I was really focused. She got my focus. You know, back then, if she had to come along with a set of bagpipes, I wouldn't have even noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Praise God. Because I was focused on the girl. Come on. Be nice to the girl. Be nice to the girl. Paul, be nice to the girl. I'm just reminding myself. Hallelujah. Focus is, you will have lips that worship when your focus is right. Yes? Now you will experience the power of worship when you have a life that worship. We talked about lips that worship, but now we're talking about a life that worships God. It's not just good enough to have lips that worship God. I want to challenge you here today. Is your life a life of worship to the to God? Come on. There's such a thing as vain worship, empty worship. You know, when Jesus came, there were many religious leaders in his day. It was the religious leaders, the Pharisees, that crucified him and had him nailed to the crop. Well, they got the um, the Romans to do it, of course. But anyway, they were instrumental there in there, and they were false in their worship. And Jesus says in Matthew uh, chapter 15, verse 8, He says, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. It's so important not only to have lips that worship God, but to have a life that worships Him. That's 24-7. That's every day. I want to challenge you here as you sit in your seat. Does your life, does every area in your life worship the Lord? The places you go, the things you say the jokes you discuss with your friend, the the, the movies you watch, things that you sow into the garden of your heart, the things that you you speak over your children. Have you got a life that just worships the Lord? See, with the Pharisees, God was honored in word, but he wasn't honored uh, in in, in practice. He was insulted. He was insulted in practice. And that's sad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want my life to be an insult to my glorious Lord. I want a life that worships Him. I want every area of my life, even at work, even my business dealings, whatever I do to be, bring glory and praise to His name. See, worship is no longer worship when our lives uh, reflect the culture around us more than the culture of Christ within us. Yeah? What are we reflecting in our lives? Are we reflecting the Christ within us or the culture around us? Just a thought. And, of course, I include myself in this. You know, uh, it's so easy to be influenced by those things around us when we're over in the UK. It's so great. Some of those roads are just fantastic to drive on, aren't they, Ian? Have you been over there? Yeah. You're allowed to go 70 miles an hour. That's, that's about 10 miles an hour fast, 15k an hour faster uh, than here, if it's a dual carriageway or uh, a motorway. And, and they go for miles, hundreds of miles. And you can sit on 70 miles an hour and you get a long way. But as you're doing that, there's people coming past at 100 miles an hour, over 160 kilometers an hour, fair dinkum. And there's not just one car or a Mercedes now and then. They're regularly coming past flat out. I don't, these cameras, I don't know how they dodge the cameras. Maybe they've got something to detect them. But after a while, Ruth was giving me a hard time because I found that I was doing 80 miles an hour, not 70. And I was getting influence. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't always slow down when she told me to. When we see everyone else doing it, sometimes we do it, don't we? Just a thought. Don't be influenced by the world around you. See, God doesn't want us to be influenced by the world. He wants, he, he wants us to have a profound influence on the world we live in. That's our duty because we're being impacted. When we come into his presence and we worship him, we're impacted. We have lives that are impacted, and we go back to have a profound impact on the world. Do you know there's enough people in this room to impact the whole of Northland, even the whole of Aotearoa? There's enough kings here to rule and to reign uh, over this nation, In the Lord, this is prophetic of what God wants to do in Northland. The liberty and the life and the freedom that we have and experience here in the service, God wants to see it out there in the community. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul the Apostle says to the Christians, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's not just words. It's the whole of us. Body, soul, spirit. Submitted to the Lordship of Christ. If he's not Lord of all, as we say, he's not Lord at all. We worship him with our words. We worship him with our life. Life that Lives that worship the Lord. I want to go over, what's the time? I will go over to, um, there's three passages in the Old Testament. Three pa- 11, 11, you've got to be joking. I'm sure they shorten the time every time we come up here to speak, just for me. Three passages in the Old Testament. They speak about the power of worship. And we see it experienced in the Old Testament. The first is in uh, 2 Samuel, it'll come up on the screen, uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 16 and verse 23. And we alluded to that this morning. It was David when he was bringing the ark back and uh, and there was all the praising and the worship. He was bringing it back to the city of God and uh, they'd been preparing for it for a long time. And uh, everyone was there, hundreds of thousands were lining, they were all out there worshipping. But there was this one woman. It was his wife. She was still at home looking out the window. And she, David was there. He was just all out. Mate, if you think we dance around up here, if you had seen King David, he would have been doing somersaults. He would have been doing flips. He would have been doing, like, it would have been just, you know, break dancing and just a whole lot, eh? Absolutely. He would have been doing that. Now, here's, um, let's read it, eh? Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Wow. Wow. She was barren. Wow. You wouldn't want to despise what goes on up the front here. I love I love the uh, children and the freedom and the liberty the life they have, eh? You know they're not self-centered little kids. They might be, but they they're not aware. You know, no, you know what I mean, though, eh? They're not they're not quite so self-aware that they're going to be self-conscious. They get like that when they get We get like that when we get a bit older, don't we? It's just beautiful to see the freedom that they have just to dance before the Lord when they're young. And here's Michael Saul's daughter. She's really, she's really despising David. Everyone else has showed up for worship. Everyone else was there. It's good to come weekly and just worship the Lord together. You know, you might say, well, I've got the Lord with me at home. But there's something added when we come together. There's an added glory, an added presence, and there will be tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Hallelujah. There was barrenness for despising an act of worship. Transformation happens in worship. You know that? There's so many things happen in, in worship. The Word says, shout for joy. Enjoy the freedom to shout unto the Lord in praise and in worship when you come along here on a Sunday morning. It says, in His presence is fullness of joy. At His right hand, it pleasures forevermore. Now, the second passage is in, in, in Isaiah. So there, Isaiah 54 and verse 1. Let's turn to that. It says, sing, O barren. So this is like the reverse. Here, here was a woman despising worship, David worshipping. But now here's someone who is barren, not pregnant. And it's, it says, sing, O barren. Even when you haven't got the answer to what you need is, start singing to the Lord, start thanking Him. Believe for it. Come into His presence and see it. See, a prophet is a seer. When we come into his presence, we can see what God, we can become more in tune to what God sees for us. We might not be able to, in the natural, see into the future, but God can drop in our spirit, and we can praise him for the answer before we see it revealed in, in, in the natural. Sing, O baron, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. Let's do that, because if we do that, things are going to happen. Man the things that were going to become visible in the years that lie ahead, if we really pick up this whole theme of worship and we learn to come into His presence in the right way, man, there's going to be explosive things happening in Northland. You better believe it. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Don't look at your circumstances, your business. You know, you might think I need a new job or I need a job and uh, an increase. We're really struggling. Don't look at that. God says you're going to be having more, yeah. more, more. You see other people with all they got, just trust in the Lord. He will. He He is your provider. He is the one that will meet your need. Come into His presence. Thank you, Jesus. Here's a shout of joy before pregnancy, before they have that while barren. A shout of joy while you're barren. If you're going through a barren season in your life, shout for joy. Learn to worship. Praise Him. Delight yourself in the Lord. Enjoy His presence. There's power in His presence. And then there's, um, well, the presence of the Lord is the womb, really. It's the womb. That's what it's saying here. It's the womb where things are born, where dreams are born, birthed. where where miracles happen, where there's great blessing, where vision, where I get vision, it's in His presence. It's the womb to all the good things that God has planned for us here in Northland. It's His presence. It's like a womb. It's the atmosphere out of which the impossible becomes, where the impossible becomes possible, becomes released into the earth and into Northland. There is no limit. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or even think. Then we go to Psalm 84, verse 1 to 4. You're already there. Man, that was quick. And the psalmist says here, he says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts, your dwelling place. Yeah, the presence. The presence. There's power in its presence. They enjoyed this in the Old Testament. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints. Is that you? I can't wait to get here on Sunday. I'm going to be there every week. I can't wait to come together with the saints of God to go up to the mountain of worship with the Lord's people. Come on, is that you? My soul faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. This is a great psalm of praise and worship and God meeting people in their extremity, going through a valley of Becky. If you read the whole psalm, it's really good. But then in the middle here, he says, Even a sparrow has found a home and a swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. And then it goes back, back to praising. It says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will be still praising you. Selah, think about this. The presence of God is a place where things are birthed. Why is this story of the sparrow? And laying a nest in the older, you might think, oh, the priests should come along, the Levites, and what's a sparrow doing? Get out of here! Come on, you know, jolly nest, pull it out, throw the eggs outside. No, this is significant. This is showing that things are born and birthed in God's presence. Even the sparrows are there. God cares about the sparrows, but He cares far more about you. You're of more value that Jesus said than many sparrows. And you need to. Come and enjoy the presence of the Lord. I want to welcome you along tonight to enjoy more of His presence. And as the team lead us now in worship, I want you to stand up and I welcome you forward. Take a step. Shake off the apathy. Let's all just move forward and raise our hands to the Lord and praise Him. Let's just faint. Let our souls just be joyful in His presence as we look to Him and to Him alone. He is worthy of all our praise.